Welcome to SA Wellcast, the podcast where we explore the many facets of health and well-being. This podcast is brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Well-Being and a generous grant from the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Wellcast, brought to you by the St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Wellbeing Department. My name is Amy James, and I am a registered dietitian, and we have Deborah Maisner with us today. She is a registered nurse and health coach in our department, and today we are going to talk about alcohol. Is alcohol good for you? We don't know. Deb's going to clear that up for us. We're going to uh, myth bust some uh, common myths and talk about some effects of alcohol on our health. So is alcohol good for our heart? Does it increase our cancer risk? Does alcohol relax us? We're going to talk about all of it today with Deb. Hi, Deb. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming back and having a chat with us. All right. So let's just start with the basics. What exactly is alcohol? Well, alcohol is a chemical. It's actually a drug. Um, there, there are four different kinds of alcohol. The kind that we drink, the ethanol, um, is the only kind of alcohol that you could possibly ingest. So okay. there's, there's that methyl, propyl, butyl. Mm-hmm. If you had that, even just a little bit, that would poison you Got and it. you would die. So we'll that, stay away from that. Yeah. Don't have that. Um, so the ethanol is still toxic. Okay. Um, it's just not as toxic. Okay. And I think a lot of people forget that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so in a nutshell, that's what alcohol is. Mm-hmm. It's ethanol. It's been fermented. Um, well, actually, yeast has been fermented or something has been fermented. Okay. Um, and that's what makes the alcohol that we drink. Got it. Okay. Well, let's just get right into it with the first myth that I've actually heard as a registered dietitian quite a few times, that alcohol is good for your heart. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, um, so I had heard it too as a nurse as well, and and you do hear moderation a lot. Mm-hmm. The They have shown that alcohol, drinking alcohol, can help your HDL cholesterol, and the HDL cholesterol is the good-for-you cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does have, um, has been shown to help that. However, uh, the other side effects of alcohol are, are much more harmful for your heart. So okay. it can uh, increase your blood pressure. It can um, cause damage. It can actually increase your LDL cholesterol, which is your bad cholesterol. Um, and it basically shows um, a, a poor correlation between heart health and alcohol health. Got it. So it's kind of interesting. So when when you do drink, like your heart is physically beating faster, mm-hmm. your blood vessels dilate, and your blood flow increases. So, okay. so it's just making your heart work harder okay. while you're drinking. I actually have a question for you. Yeah. So uh, something that a lot of people are interested in these days um, is the Mediterranean diet. And mm-hmm. I know that's something that's at the tippy top, which means, you know, not all the time, you know, infrequently, but maybe on some type of a regular cadence is red wine. And I also know that red wine contains resveratrol, which has some antioxidant properties. So what's your take on that? Well, this is interesting. So this is kind of why people like where the 
message that red wine is good for your heart came okay. from. That's what um, I thought. Yeah. So they call it the French paradox. So it was like, oh, French people uh, eat a lot of cheese, mm-hmm. and but they drink a lot of red wine. Like, oh, what's in the red wine? And so their thinking was, oh, it's the resveratrol. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they have found upon further research um, is that resveratrol is a very, um, could be a very effective component to heart health. Mm -hmm. However, they have shown studies where you'd have to drink like a thousand glasses of wine to get the effects of the resveratrol. Got it. And that makes sense. Yeah. And, and you can get it in other compounds like grapes, Mm -hmm. obviously, because that's Mm -hmm. what you make wine from. Um, so there are other sources for it. Got it. So in a nutshell, um, Drinking red wine, drinking alcohol is not good for your health unless you want a little bit of the HDL protection, the good cholesterol protection, but there's a lot of other ways to increase your HDL. Yes, there are. Okay, great. All right, myth number two, alcohol helps you sleep. Ooh, I like this And this is really interesting to me because I do a lot of, um, like, research and sleep and I um, I'm very interested in I, I wrote my thesis on it so I'm excited to hear this yeah so so just as you know Amy like sleep is so important mm-hmm. it helps memory formation learning lack of sleep can lead to a lot of health problems um, even like cancer heart disease diabetes infection obesity like sleep is so important people kind of forget about that and take yeah. it for granted um, we can actually go longer without food and water than sleep. That's so, amazing. Right? Um, so I like to talk about it real simple. Okay. I know that you know way more science about <laughs> it, but I basically no. break the kind of sleep down into deep sleep and REM sleep. Mm-hmm. So deep sleep's just what it sounds like. Um, people think that, oh, when I have a nightcap or I drink, like I, I get deep sleep. And probably you do. You may quote unquote pass out or whatnot. Yeah. But what happens is it affects REM sleep. So REM sleeps that rapid eye movement sleep. And that is actually what you need a lot of. Mm -hmm. I equate it to like little minions. (laughs) Busy. So that that's the rapid little minions in your brain. Uh And and during that REM time, they're busy fixing everything. They're yep. fixing your brain and, and doing memory Detoxing formation. It. And yeah, totally. So if you have a drink, even just one drink, it's kind of like getting a little minion drunk, yeah. getting them drunk and they're not effective and you're not getting quality REM sleep. So the alcohol is affecting the quality of your sleep. It doesn't matter the quantity. Yeah. It's affecting the quality. Yeah. And you know, I've, it's interesting because I've also heard that you know, alcohol is both a stimulant and a yes. depressant. And so while, you know, you, you have your, your drink and you might feel like the stimulant effects and then, you know, you get to that quote unquote like pass out stage and you fall asleep. Well, then there are, are even later effects like the stimulant kicks back in or your body responds in uh, in in respect to that stimulant or in respect to that depressant and then kicks back with the stimulant. And then you find yourself waking up and not having gotten enough sleep or in the middle of the night or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, 100% can make you really anxious. Yeah. Um, 
So definitely um, not a sleep aid. Got it. <laughs> All right. So kind of um, piggybacking on that one, what about the myth that alcohol relaxes you? Well, I mean, in those first 20 minutes, I mean, like you said, alcohol is a depressant. And mm-hmm. so it can relax you in those first 20 minutes. Um, and then what happens, it's a stimulant as well. So your body always wants to maintain homeostasis. It wants to stay the same. Yes. Um, so what happens is you're, you have a depressant. And then your body kicks in and starts producing these chemicals, these so-called stimulants, um, and that kind of makes you more alert. I'm sure you've drank, like, at you've been really tired yes. at night and had a drink, and then you're like, oh, woo, I'm awake Ready to now. Go. I can keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the depressant stimulant fighting with each other. Um, so... So I guess it's complicated because, yes, it relaxes you Mm -hmm. for those initial 20 minutes to an hour, but Mm -hmm. then the effects of the stimulants kick in. Um, So in the short term, you might feel relaxed, but in the long term, um, it's going to mess up your stimulants. And so a lot of people get that after uh, that night, or if they drink the night before, the Mm -hmm. next day, they feel more anxious. Yes. And that's because, and I call it anxiety. Yes, I've heard that too. <laughs> yeah, and that's because your chemicals have gone out of whack, and you've yeah. really um, amped up your stimulants. And guess what helps? What? Taking another drink. Yes. So then you've created this cycle where you're relaxed, and then you're anxious. So you drink some more, and so then your depressants kick in. Yeah. But then your stimulants come back and you've created this vicious cycle. And then you're throwing off your sleep and that mm-hmm. contributes to even more anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a what a spiral. That's really interesting. All right. So next myth. Alcohol increases cancer risk. It is not a myth. I didn't think so. It's true. Do we tell. We threw one in there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> remember, alcohol is a chemical. Um, and it's actually considered a carcinogen, mm-hmm. which means it's an al- or it's a cancer-causing agent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been around a long time. Yeah. So just the fact that it is, and it is a poison. Yes. I mean, you can't drink ethanol straight. Yeah. You would get very, very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it definitely increases your cancer risk, um, specifically... Uh, cancers of the mouth, the throat, mm-hmm. the esophagus, there's a strong correlation between breast cancer and alcohol intake. Yeah. Um, the World Health Organization has put out new guidelines that no amount of alcohol is safe for you as far as cancer risk. Wow. Um, the good news is you can cut back or just take alcohol out of your life and that will reduce your cancer risk, but, um, definitely it leads to cancer. Wow. Really important information. Okay. So for our last myth, um, let's talk a little bit about the myth that alcohol decreases dementia or your risk of dementia. Yeah, there were a few studies uh, in the past that the alcohol industry really glammed onto, like, oh, people that drink alcohol live longer and have less dementia. Um, But those have been correlated, and they've done more studies recently, and they've actually had, you know, the 
field of brain health mm-hmm. has dramatically um, expanded because of the brain scans they're able to do. So we know more about our brain now in the last 20 years than we knew all years prior than wow. that. So they're learning more and more. But but this is how alcohol affects your brain. It causes brain shrinkage. Mm-hmm. Um, even just drinking one to seven drinks per week, That's those people can have smaller brains. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it reduces blood flow. So again, you need that blood flow to your brain to be high functioning. Um, affects the hippocampus in your brain, which is responsible for memory. Um, So again, causes memory problems, and then it increases your risk of dementia. So they found that compared with non-drinkers and light drinkers, moderate to heavy drinkers, and keep in mind, moderate drinkers are considered one to two glasses a day. Wow. Um, They have a 57% higher risk of dementia. Um, so it is something that affects your brain. Yeah. Wow. I'm listening to a lot of these standards for, you know, mild drinker, moderate, moderate drinker, severe drinker. And I think that's really kind of not in line with what society would think that is. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know a lot of these are scary. A lot of the things mm-hmm. that we do are have risk. Yes. I mean, we know that like uh, chicken nuggets aren't good for us. So we shouldn't have a diet of chicken nuggets daily, yes. <laughs> right? Um, but I I think the message that I like to get out is if you're choosing to drink, it's not a choice for your health. Like that should it shouldn't be, I'm going to drink because it's good for my heart. Like that's, I mean, drink for pleasure, but know that there are risks to your health. Got it. Got it. Well, great. Well, the last thing I want to ask you is just uh, for anyone listening, if maybe they've listened and they thought, wow, you know, I really kind of want to like, you know, taper down my alcohol consumption or maybe recognizing that they're struggling a little bit with alcohol consumption. What would be like a, a resource or a first step in, in getting some help with that or maybe like a plan of action for them? Yeah, well, there, I mean, there's all kinds of resources now. You know, it used to seem like it was either AA or inpatient rehab. That was all you had, that you have to hit rock bottom to have a problem with drinking. A lot of people are just considered gray area drinkers, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you want to cut back, but you can't. Or or maybe, you know, it's becoming more and more part of a wellness conversation and taking care of your health. Um, so I guess first know that you're not alone that there are resources. Um, Personally, for me, I did something called the alcohol experiment. And that is a 30-day challenge, just taking a break for 30 days and seeing how you feel. And so after that, I learned more and more about alcohol and the effects on my body and my Mm -hmm. mental health. And I'm, you know, personally, I choose not to drink now um, as a health decision. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Well, great tips. And thanks for busting all these myths for us about alcohol. Thank you to Deb for coming and chatting with us. Um, And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of SA Wellcast, brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Wellbeing and the St. Alphonsus Foundation. We hope you'll tune in again. Until then, be well.